podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Bounce forward with Comcast Business. Help your business bounce forward today with this amazing offer. For a limited time, ask how to get a $500 prepaid card. Call 1-800-501-6000 or go online today to learn more. Comcast Business. Restrictions apply. New Comcast Business customers only. Call for restrictions and complete details. Hello guys and welcome to another episode of uh, Touchland Fracas. We're back again with another interview and today I've got a special guest. Um, yeah, uh, a bit different. We ain't got a footballer on today but we've got somebody who loves football. Uh, we have Adam Jamili on. How are you doing bro? Yeah, I'm doing good. Thank you mate. How are you? Yeah, yeah, I'm fine man. I'm fine. Um, just interesting. You're, you're, curr- you're currently out in uh, Florida, right? I am. Yeah, I'm out in the States at the moment. After all the madness, just trying to get some training in while we can here before I have to come home. And then uh, then I'm sort of stuck in the UK for the summer, which is very unusual. But no, yeah, I'm out in Florida, which is nice. The worst places to be. Yeah, yeah exactly. The weather out there <laughs> must be, it must be banging. It must be banging. Yeah, it's like 30 uh, degrees every day. Oh, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, so you said you was doing a bit of training. Is that, is that like a usual training camp? So do you usually go to Florida or? I'm usually in Florida. I, I'm usually based in Florida full time. Oh, amazing. Um, for the winter and then the summer we usually come back to Europe because uh, track and field works the summer season and stuff is where, that's where all the races are and they're usually around Europe so we base ourselves uh, in Germany most of the summer but obviously with what's going on with COVID and stuff it's a, it's pretty difficult to get around so we're just trying to stay in America for as long as possible get some training in and then I'll be back in the UK sort of probably next month or so and then just try and stay as fit as possible and see if there's any sort of season because yeah, I know it's it's sport at the moment is a bit up in the air and mm-hmm. a bit all over the place. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, nobody knows what's going on. Yeah. Uh, and then obviously, sadly, uh, Tokyo was cancelled this year. Yeah. Yeah. Frustrating. So, Frustrating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How did you feel about that regarding Tokyo and stuff like that? Pretty gutted, if being honest with you. It's yeah. like we're, we're track and field is this is, it doesn't get much bigger than the Olympic Games. And I've, I've been very fortunate to go to two already. And this would have been my third Games to, to attend. And, and the fact that you, you have a goal in mind and you train f- for four years for this goal and for it to just get pushed back is, it was hard to take. It's, mm-hmm. You have to readjust your motivation. Like I know a lot of athletes sort of, sort of just wanted to draw a line under the season. And it's, it's hard to keep training when you've got no real goal or nothing really to aim for. And that was pretty tough. But... The fact that they've rearranged it hopefully for next year is is another target in sight and you just have to push everything back a year. And But yeah, it's pretty hard to take, but it was the right decision because obviously people's safety comes before sport. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm sort of gutted, but then sort of relieved as well at the same time. Because if it hadn't have been cancelled and people were tra- people weren't able to train, 
how we're doing stuff now, then the the quality of the games would have been terrible. Yeah, I can the imagine. quality of the games would have been awful, man. Yeah, yeah I could have, I, I can imagine. But as you said, yeah. Um, yeah, safety comes first, and yeah, we'll kind sure. of get a, a bit into uh, the games later on. Um, so where I really, really wanted to start is um, I'm quite interested because I only found this out recently in fact like mm-hmm. I, I i knew you played football before but um i never knew you started out at chelsea right yeah i was eight years at chelsea uh, academy so when i was under nines to like when i was like 15 16 yeah um so it was fantastic man i basically grew up at the club like i always dreamed of being a footballer I used to attend we were, i was very lucky to be in the academy you get you got to attend all the basically all the chelsea home games you got to be ball boy mm-hmm. to learn from the first team so i basically grew up I am a Liverpool fan. That's, that's <laughs> I am a. They're my team that I follow. Yeah. I used to. My dad supported them. I love. I used to love Michael Owen and Steven Gerrard. But yeah. Chelsea was will always hold a special place in my heart because they were so good to me for so long as and as a youngster. Like I said, they really teach you a lot being at that club. That, um, yeah. I, I was eight years at Chelsea. Then I did a year and a half at uh, Reading Academy. Okay. Yeah. And then I moved to Dagenham and Redbridge, which was fantastic. Dagenham, yeah. were, Dagenham were brilliant. At the time, I think they were League One. They allowed they allowed me to continue studying. And then I slowly transitioned from, well, I say slowly, I quickly transitioned from football into athletics. And uh, yeah, now I'm, I'm sort of in a different sport at, at this sort of level. So it's, it's cool. Cool. So, um, yeah, so you touched on your clubs and uh, a few things I, I wanted to speak about. So, yeah. You know, at, at a very young age, were you gifted in the pace department? So, you know... Yeah. Yeah, okay. I, I, I've always been fast. I've always okay, been, I, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think the first time I sort of realised I was fast is... Uh, so, my, my background is Moroccan and Iranian, and, and yeah. my dad's big family, massive family in Morocco. Okay. We used to always go there every year, go to the beach. And I'm... So, let's say I was like four or five years old, and my cousins are all 12, 13 older cousins, and we had a race on the beach. And absolutely caned all of them, beat, like battered them all. And then, and they were like, my parents were like, oh, the cousins, your older cousins are letting you in to make you feel good. And they were like, no, we were trying. And I just, I've always just had speed. And obviously, I think any sport you get into, mm-hmm. if you've got speed, it makes the sport a lot easier. So I used to, it used to be maybe not the most technically gifted footballer. I used to, I can, I can still do a lot with the ball, but it makes it a lot easier. And it's a definitely a get out of jail free card if, if uh, you can, 100%. you can. Uh, yeah, I was always the last man on corners when I was always, uh, <laughs> I was always the uh, the guy that was the last resort. So if, if I could always run back and chase back and make a critical tackle and bombing up and down the wing, like that was my game really. And getting what position and dribbling with the ball. What I was a fullback. Okay. I was a fullback, yeah. So I was like a wingback. Like I used to just literally basically clip it to myself, clip it down the line, get onto yeah. the ball, cross it in, get back defence. So it was like, yeah, I used to do a lot of running on the pitch. I used to be super, super fit. But uh, yeah, it was brilliant. I had, I had such a good time playing football. But yeah, speed, I think, is so good. Unless you're like, like we used to play with some people who weren't that quick, but were so technical, like Gifted, so, yeah. so technical and just could just, the ball would just be stuck to their foot. So you've got that type of player and then you've got obviously a, the strength player who's just a brute, like massive from when you're like under 10s, under 11s. <laughs> he looks like he's like 15, 16, 17 years old. Yeah, yeah. And then you've got someone like me who's just quick and like, I think speed helps with everything. It's very hard to teach oh, speed. Yeah. You, can, you, can, you can teach speed, to, you can teach people the technique and how to get faster and stuff to do. But unless you're sort of born with the genetics, it's very hard to sort of teach speed. Whereas something like strength, you can get in the gym every day and you can build your muscles up stronger and yeah, and technique and stuff you can obviously work on that but 
yeah, speed is one of the hardest things to sort of come by, and I, I was just sort of blessed to have that growing up. Mm, yeah, no, that's 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 that sounds great. Like, um, yeah, like as you said, there was um, there's there's definitely like technically gifted players, and Chelsea they they had a lot of them, and uh, one player yeah. that, that definitely stuck out for me um, because me and you are the same age, uh, mm-hmm. so I think you played with him was Josh McEachern. Yeah, he was he was a year above me. He, oh yeah, above. Guy, okay. oh my God, I'm telling you, this guy was. So he's one of the ones. Okay, maybe not the the, the, the fastest person on the pitch. He just yeah. it, it's so annoying. Like I remember playing with Josh, like and he was always you could see he was miles ahead of everyone. Yeah, so technically gifted. Like and even though he's not moving fast, it's like he's moving in slow motion. Every mm. he just like he will nutmeg you, and you'll see the nutmeg coming. In. You'll see it coming. You'll be like no no no, and then he'll still do it. And there's nothing. You, he's just yeah. He used to just run the game. Like he was he was a very very special player and. Obviously, to be at a club like Chelsea, I know he he dabbled in the first team, but he never quite made his breakthrough into that yeah. club. And yeah. I think he dropped down the leagues a few a few leagues. And and but he was always special, very very special. And mm. yeah, it's so technical. Like, and there's the Chelsea didn't just have one of them; they had so many so many players like that. I but, can imagine. Yeah, yeah, it's hard to it's hard to break into a club like Chelsea unless you are the best and you're ready to go. Yeah, like, and they're great. They they give a lot of academy players a, a lot of opportunities and. And like I said, I'm very grateful to have grown up at a club like Chelsea because they don't just teach you how to be a player on the pitch. They teach you how to be a professional off the pitch. And that's mm. something I've definitely taken forward into my track and field career. But yeah, it's so competitive at that club. But wow. yeah. A, a last player that, that I quickly want to touch on before we move on, yeah. because he's, um, as I said to you before we started, we have like club specific pods. And yeah. uh, there's, a, uh, there's one of our, one of my good friends, he really, really loves a player called Ruben Loftus-Cheek. So when, Ruben, yeah, I know Ruben yeah. very well. Okay, yeah. so when you guys, uh, so when, so obviously you're, you're, way, you're, you're a few, few years older than Ruben. Did you see him coming up and what were the kind of the, the, the talks about Ruben when you was at the club? Because um, I know he's been touted to 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 you know be a first teamer from from young, and but how did you feel yeah. about him at, at at the age when you was at Chelsea? So I'm I'm lucky with Ruben. So we're from the same area. So we we used to travel in together to Chelsea Sick. every week, like multiple times a week for years. So we I got to know Ruben very well. Um, yeah, he, and he was always just you. I never really got to see him play that often. Obviously, the talk was always he was fantastic, and he was a lot bigger and a lot fit, more physical than a lot of his sort of people he was playing with. But yeah, he was, he was just a normal guy. You just look at him and he was just like fantastic. And he was obviously a few years younger, so you, you don't really watch too many of their games. But from what you hear, he was just always talented and always super special. And then as soon as he got bigger and, and technical with the ball, like I think people just said he was untouchable, absolutely untouchable. So, and he's such a good guy off the pitch as well. Um, I recently did something for him, uh, for him, for his little like um, he made a little documentary, and he he asked me to come along and Sick. and just talk to him a little bit about it, which was which was fantastic. And he's just a nice guy on the pitch and a nice guy off the pitch, and he's uh, yeah, he was always a beast. He was always yeah. a beast. But I didn't really see it, and then I remember I remember him having interest in from Barcelona, wow. and I think that's that's how the whole thing. He had interest from Barcelona, and Barcelona came dabbling, and then Chelsea just offered him like mad contract I think they bought him a house they bought, par- yeah. they bought his parents a house he was like I don't, I don't even know what they just like secured secured the bag secured him like <laughs> yeah. and he was he was living he was like this young young kid who hadn't even played the professional game yet at Chelsea and he'd just been offered this whole like contract and I remember seeing and the contract just, yeah. yeah yeah it was just mad it was just mad and but well deserved because he's super talented and if anyone's seen him obviously when he was playing at Palace and 
for what he did in for what he did at Chelsea before he got injured. Like just just on that level, at that world class level, one of the very sort of unique players that are very hard to find, and Chelsea just managed to to scoop him up and really develop him into that player. Amazing, amazing. Yeah, I'm I'm glad to hear, you know, because um, a lot of footballers get stick, but as you said, he seems like a nice guy. You know him personally, so yeah. Yeah, he um, is, man. He yeah, is, so. he is. Never uh, had any ego, never had anything. So for me, it's... That's yeah, amazing. You can't, you, you come from humble beginnings, man, and, and people from humble beginnings... It's very hard for them to 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 have egos because they they've been they've been in the they've been on the other side of it. So, no, he's he's a cool guy. Of course, of course. Um, so we're just gonna quickly fast forward and we're just gonna go to uh, say Dagenham and Redbridge. So you're at Dagenham mm-hmm. and Redbridge now. Uh, yeah. You're playing football. Um, you know things are going well, and then there comes a crossroads between football and athletics. Can you tell me a bit yeah. more about that? Like, how did that happen, and 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 why did you choose athletics over football? So yeah, I was at Dagenham. I had my, I did my apprenticeship, my scholarship at Dagenham, which was, which was brilliant. I, I had such a good time. Uh, we, uh, we were going to college every, like every couple of days, a couple of days a week, and playing football. And I was playing with the older sort of. I was getting pushed to sort of train with the first team a lot, um, which was, which was great. So they were very interested in me, uh, sort of training with the first team, and then. They actually put me out on loan to Thurrock because they said uh, they wanted. Obviously, they were very interested in me getting game time, like mm-hmm. like not just in my own age group with uh, sort of a professional senior senior um, sort of the men really, yeah. seventeen eighteen years old. Um, so yeah, I went on loan to Thurrock, which was which was great, but I was still dabbling in athletics. So I'd, I'd started running in school and stuff, and but never really given it a proper chance. And then running through school, I managed to represent Great Britain. Uh, just from playing football, literally turning up, running, racing. And I used to win races. And then luckily enough, that was enough to get selected for the Great Britain junior team. Um, so I asked Dagenham and Redbridge, can I take a week off to, to go to this European junior championships? And they were like, yeah, great. Went to that, got a silver medal, two silver medals there. And then came back, was the second fastest junior in, in, the, in the world at that time. Um, and then, yeah, then literally went back and played football the next week. Uh, and then sure. Dagenham Redbridge, it got to it got to sort of January of 2012, and they uh, they were looking at contracts, and they they offered me a pro contract at the club, which was great. I'd been working my whole career for pro contract. I'd been offered one at Dagenham and Redbridge, but I'd still obviously dabbled in athletics, and I was I was running pretty fast. And, and people had always said, "Give it a go because you're you're so talented, and, and you can really do something in the sport." Um, so I was for me, it was always that. Now nah, I'm going to take the pro at football. That's what I've been working towards. But then Dagnum had then said, obviously, if you take the pro, there'll be no opportunity for you to go to university, which was, for me, I've got foreign parents and they're very much study, 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 like get, get the education, yeah. which, is, which is great. I, I'm so glad my parents pushed me to do that and get my degree eventually. Um, and they said, yeah, no more athletics. And I sat down with my parents and the pro contract, it was, a, it was a good pro, it was a pro contract, but it wasn't like, I wasn't on stupid money. I wasn't like going to be making enough to really like support myself properly, like, and my parents have just said, listen, like, why don't you try athletics for the year? If it doesn't go well, then you can always go back to football. It's not like you're, oh, you're turning down a premiership pro contract. It's, I think Dagenham then dropped to sort of League Two sort of time. And they were like, still like great league to be in. But they said, you, you've got a lot of potential in athletics. Why don't you just try training for the year? And I did. So then in January, I made that decision to walk away from football, which is something I've been doing my whole life and start training full-time in athletics I met I trained with a coach in Lee Valley Athletic Centre which is North London um, in Enfield and yeah just sort of picked it up so quickly 
like just kept winning races and kept running faster and faster. And as soon as I learned how to run with a bit of technique and, and proper fitness and proper training, like I'd never thrown up from running before. And I, I used to throw up every session, like you used wow. to pu- push your body to the max and, and lift properly in the gym. And, mm. and you learn really how athletics, these, these athletes, like you have to be at hundred percent to run in football. You could be operating 60, 70%. If you're not yeah. feeling it, you can sort of coast and get away with it. But athletics, yeah, I, I started training in January, really pushed my body for it. And yeah, sort of just kept getting faster and faster. Ended up winning the World Junior Championships that year, making the Olympic team in London. Yeah. And yeah, and it's hard to walk away from something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's hard. No, 100%. Um, 100% going to touch on that because that, that's a, that's an amazing story. But one thing I, 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 uh, you mentioned is your parents, your parents, you know, sitting down with your parents and um, mm-hmm. coming to that decision. Um, I'm quite interested. Do you? So I'm, I'm, I'm assuming you have a close relationship with um, your parents, right? Massively close. Yeah, really close. And, and do you think? Yeah. Sorry, I was going to say. Do you think in regards to so your structure? It seems like you've always been in the structure. So you've been Chelsea, um, Reading, uh, Dagenham, Redbridge, Yeah, exactly. So you, you've always been in some type of structure, and yeah. So I, I'd say that is that something that you kind of, um, you know. Uh, give your parents that props for, for for keeping you on a straight and narrow, always keeping you on that structure, always going training and things like that. Yeah, they they really sacrificed. My parents gave up their whole lives really for myself and my sister to give us the best opportunities to do what we loved. Sure. And that's and that is what they that they never forced me to do anything. My mum and dad always said to me, if you're not enjoying what you're doing, go do something else. You get one life, live it, and like have no regrets. They don't they don't want me to be 40, 50 years old looking back at my parents like angry at them because they didn't give me the opportunities that I needed or they forced me to do something so now they've always kept me on the sort of straight and narrow and my mum especially she's a big stickler for, for sort of uh, discipline so she's uh if anyone ever know anyone listening knows my mum she's uh, <laughs> she's very very uh she's massive stickler for that and uh yeah they were they were just cool they sacrificed their whole weeks their weekends to take me to, to play football like bear in mind i live i live in dartford my home is in dartford chelsea yeah. is in cobham so, which yeah, is yeah. far That's away a, i was playing at reading so my slap. dad used to drive me to reading four times a week which was yeah. that's not close nearly a two-hour drive and they were just sacrificing like um yeah they used to just give up so much of the time but yeah I, a lot of my decisions the reason i ended up leaving chelsea when i was sort of 15 16 was because uh because of the education thing they asked me to take three days off of school i don't think they do it now but when i was up and coming they asked me to take a few days off of school during gcse time and my parents were like no are you mad like what do you mean like no way so they ended up pulling me out of chelsea which was as a sort of 15 16 year old you've been at a club you're going on the next year you're going to hopefully get your scholarship i was heartbroken i was absolutely heartbroken i was like what no way like uh, yeah, I'd, I'd really upset, but now I see obviously how important it was that I did get my education. And I know clubs now are very keen on making sure young, young academy players do get that education. But back when I was when I was that sort of time period, no, it was like take a few days off of training or or sorry. And my parents were like, okay, cool, we'll just drop down, we'll go to a different club, we'll drop we'll drop out of Chelsea, and uh, yeah, I sort of ended up doing that with maybe one other person, which was hard to take. No, that's um, that's that's crazy. That's, that's I, I never I never knew that that um, you pulled out for the education uh, reasons because I think that's um, but yeah. I, that, you you know that actually is is testament to you because 
um, for you to go through that and then come back and then you know keep keep going. It's it's interesting because I I've, I look at myself say so mm-hmm. in twenty I think eleven twenty ten. Um, you probably know her, Tessa Sardinson. She comes to my school. Yeah. Says, yep, Olympics is coming. We want kids from Newham to represent and whatnot. So we had a race and they said, all right, cool, go to athletics. And like, basically I had to go to Newham Leisure Centre and train. But this is like proper yeah. athletics training, not just running and sprinting in school. No, proper no, athletic. proper training. Yeah. I, couldn't, I couldn't hack it. <laughs> like, I, I, I couldn't hack it. Yeah, I couldn't hack it because I was like, my thing was 100 metres and they, they were telling me, oh, you have to run six 200s and that's part of like the fitness. And I was thinking, wait, I only want to do 100. I only want to do 100 meters once. So yeah, no, for you to, <laughs> to, to continue through football and then take on athletics, me, cause me knowing just from like a small amateur level, how hard that is, that's definitely yeah. a testament uh, to yourself. And that kind of leads oh, on to my, you. yeah, that leads on to my next question. Um, what do you, what did you take from football that you kind of, you know, bring into athletics so much so much like i said i was so i was one of the lucky ones that grew up at a club like chelsea they teach you how to be professional first um and they can teach you the rest so you learn discipline from because athletics is like i said if you don't do the work no one is going to do it for you no one's going to run so like i said six 200s if i don't do six 200s the next man is doing six 200s he's going to get better i'm not it's not like i can then just rock up and expect to be at that level you can't and they tell you, they teach you a lot about discipline, how to live sort of away from the track, like to make sure you get the best out of your performance, how to recover properly. And just the right attitude to have whenever you approach a session, try and always be the best you can. Mm. And you have to be. At a club like Chelsea, growing up, there's so many, there's thousands of kids who want to take that position. Take your sort of 11, there's 11 players on the pitch and they, there's thousands of kids that want one of those spots. You have to be the best at what you're doing and, and apply yourself and be professional and, and be a good person as well. Um, be a role model. They teach you from a very young age to be a role model. And that's sort of what I take taken from my football career is there's always a younger athlete. It doesn't matter if I'm 10 years old, 11 years old, 12 years old, there was always an athlete or a player in the younger age group who was looking up to me. Um, and I sort of carry that into athletics. And that's my big thing. I would love to be a role model and inspire kids and people to, to give up, to start track and field because it is hard. It is very, very hard. You're going to put your body through some crazy, crazy stuff for no guarantees of ever running fast, making a team, earning any money. Like there's no guarantees at all. But if you commit to it and you get the best about yourself, it can be absolutely brilliant. We begin today's meditation with a few sipping exercises to remind us a little treat can go a long way. So pick up your McCafe iced coffees, close your eyes and deep sip in. And deep satisfaction out. <sighs> Take a treat retreat at McDonald's. Right now, get a McCafe iced coffee in any size and any flavor for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price of participation may vary. Like, I've traveled to some amazing places and met some amazing people and had some of the best opportunities I'll, I'll ever get in life. And that all started from that discipline, being at Chelsea and being uh, playing football and, and learning how to apply myself to what I'm doing and, and never really give up because there's going to be times where you want to just throw your hands up in the air, give up and be like, oh, why am I doing this? Just stop. Just, just, I just want to go home, get, get into some warm clothes and sit on the seat, TV and uh, sit in front of the TV and play PlayStation. And, and you can't do that. You have to commit to your sport. And I learned that from football. And then also the team aspect of it. It's a very individual sport, but then I'm very lucky to, to be able to be part of a relay team um, and learn how to bring a team together. Um, 
learn how to train within a training group, how to sort of know how to read people and, and you have to approach people in different ways. And, and you learn that from sort of being in, in the dressing room and being um, around sort of young boys and older boys for, for all your career. Like you learn different ways to, to talk to different people and maybe when to leave people alone when they need some space and, and when they need a shoulder to cry on or when to hug people. So there's a lot of things that I'd say I definitely brought in from football to athletics and uh, have sort of helped my career sort of go the way it has. Lovely. No, um, yeah. Uh, again, just to echo what you're, what, what you're saying, again, the discipline throughout academy, um, it definitely seems that you've, you've shown that you've taken that to athletics. Um, but, you know, with sports, there's always highs and lows. And, yeah. um, you know, one of the things I wanted to touch on is regarding your injuries. So, yeah. you know, you've been sometimes unfortunate with, with some injuries, but when it comes to, you know, you know, turning up on a, on a big occasion, like certain footballers do or whatever, you've turned up on, on, on a big occasion. So yeah. it, how have you kind of dealt with the injuries and in regards to like mental strength, because everybody right now, probably 90% of the people that's going to listen to this podcast have been watching the Jordan, the Jordan documentary and they look at yeah. his, yeah, do you know what I mean? Like it's, it's, it's elite. But I think a lot of athletes and professional pro athletes have a similar mentality, uh, you know, through adversity and things like that. So when it, you have injuries, to. yeah. So how, how's that affected you and how did you, um, you know, overcome, overcome those injuries and stuff like that? Yeah. The first thing as an athlete, you need to realize, and as a person is you will, you will pick up injuries in your sport. If you go through, you find me an athlete who's gone through their whole career and not had a single injury. I'll shake your hand and give you everything I own. Cause you just can't, it will never happen. You, so you have to understand that it is part of the process. You will pick up injuries. And it's how you deal with it. And if you let the injury consume you and you make it a big pity party and everyone feels sorry for me, you're never going to get, you're never going to get right. You're just going to, people are going to get so sick of hearing it. And it's just so, oh, it's annoying. And you have to work and do the really basic stuff to get yourself fit. And that, like I said, that does come from mental strength. It is okay sometimes if you get injured to let things just collapse, have a cry, let, let, you, let yourself just come to terms with it. But then park that. Once you've had that, park it and say, right, what am I going to do to get myself back healthy and better? And how am I going to stay motivated and committed to what I'm doing every day? Because that, again, is part of it. When people get injured, they lose motivation for what they're doing. They lose sort of that drive to, to sort of get back to that top level. I'm never going to be back there. And what am I doing? And, and that's when you start to then pick up more injuries because you get stressed, your cortisol levels raise up. So there's a whole load of things. And that starts with mental training. And people don't do enough mental training. They, they expect it to just happen. Some people are just born with it. Like I said, Michael Jordan, you just, you just, he's got that mentality. Other people, maybe not so much. You need to work on your mental side of things where, where there's times, like I said, when you're getting tired and you're, you're feeling hurt and, and you're feeling unmotivated. What are you going to do to get yourself better? And you train physically to get yourself better. So you need to train mentally. So start working with a psychologist. Start understanding how your mind works, how strong the mind actually is. The, the, the mind will will tell the body to do so much and the body will just do it even when you think you've got nothing in the tank trust me there's always another level there's always another level and it's learning how to access that level which is a uh, which which makes the great people the best really good people great and great people the best so uh yeah it's, it's massively important and again yeah turning up on a big stage you put all this work in um you do so much training you should enjoy the competition the competition is the easy part you do so much behind the work, scenes work, like you do so much training that when you get to compete, you get to show people how 
good you are and, and you have to have an ego if you're going to be doing sport at any level you have to have an ego and not a, a cocky ego but an ego to to back yourself and think do you know what i can be the best and I, I am the best and i'm i'm going to go out there and i'm going to beat everyone especially in sprinting like it's eight or nine guys lining up head to head sport in its purest form can i who's going to get from a to b as quickly as possible and that is just like like i said that's what i love and that's why i love track and field because it's who's the best on the day and uh and like I said, if you don't have that sort of mentality that you are the best, it's going to be very, very hard to succeed. If you've already thought, oh, yeah, he's run fast. He's, I'm going to, can't beat Usain Bolt. going to be second place here. Oh, he's run a lot faster than me last week. Like, you, you've already lost and, and that's the wrong mentality to have. So you have to always back yourself. But do it in a humble way. But you have to have that ego that you, you can compete with anyone and you will, you will win. No, I'm, I'm so happy you touched on that because... Um, so I'm going to touch on two points you said uh, regarding yeah, yeah. The, the, the ego aspect. So I was listening to Thierry Henry and James Madison on Instagram Live. And mm -hmm. Henry said the same thing to Madison. You have to have an ego. Um, you know, obviously not cocky, but you have to back yourself. And this is literally what you're yeah. saying. So it just literally, uh, you know, um, just echoes that, you know, a lot of athletes feel the same. And I kind of understand that it's like, if you believe in yourself and you think, okay, I'm better than the next guy or it's me in, versus this guy, you know, in, in return, you're, you're likely to perform better. You know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah no, 100%. I, I, I definitely... Don't limit yourself. Yeah, I definitely love the fact that you, you, you touched on that. And another thing I wanted to say is, I'll, see, the thing is, because I respect sportsmen, uh, sportsmen and elite sportsmen so much, uh, when it comes to other sportsmen, sometimes I speak to them in like a, I, I speak about that other sports guy in like a certain way. But mm -hmm. now this guy's retired, I can kind of now, you know, speak to okay. it, speak on it. So Usain, so Usain Bolt, yeah, he's yeah. retired now, so I can pick him up, pick him up to you now. He's not your competition anymore. Yeah. Nah, so no, nah, you can pick him up, but I, even when I was competing against him, you understand how yeah. much of a How was that? Because um, I've got a picture and I remember so vividly, um, there's, I, uh, I don't know how many times you raced against him because the one in my mind oh, is loads, 200. Loads. Yeah, it's yeah. like a 200 and you're in between uh, Usain and another Jamaican, I can't remember, there's another Jamaican athlete. And um, yeah, just how is that like? Because he just seems like he oozes aura. You know, he's just got aura yeah. around him. The Charisma, everything. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he just like, and I think as athletes, you know, like when you go into a race with Usain Bolt, you, you, have, to, you have to believe you're going to beat him. Even though it sounds ridiculous, like you have yeah. to back yourself. And but this guy, when he was on his like when he was on when he was on job, like when he, this guy was firing, mm -hmm. there is no one in the world that could even get close to him mm -hmm. because he was that special. He was a he was so unique. Like an athlete like that does not come along very very often at all. Mm -hmm. um, and he was just like I remember the the first time I raced him, I was 19 years old. Yeah. I was in the World Championship final in Moscow. So I'd qualified at one of my semifinals where I was getting a good lane, a preferred lane, and he won that. his. So he was, yeah. he was, he was in the, he was in the, he was behind me. Mm. So I was lane six, he was lane five. So in my head, I'm like, oh my god, I got Usain Bolt <laughs> right behind me. This guy's probably going to go past me at like ten meters. It's like, and it's a two hundred meter race. Yeah. So I was like, actually, nah, forget this. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just not, I'm not gonna have it. So yeah. gun goes, pff, running, running, running. Get to forty, get to fifty meters. He's not. I can't see him yet. I'm like, okay, this is good. Get to 60 meters. All of a sudden, I see these Jamaican high knees <laughs> just just fly past my head. I'm like, oh my god! But, and I'm like, nah, I'm not gonna have it. And I just I try and kick again. And yeah. if you run in a 200 meters, that's you can't run someone else's race. Yes. And 
I tried to then kick again and, and use all my energy to go with him. Yeah. And he just got further and further and further away. And I was just trying my hardest and I just could not catch him. Yeah. And because I, because I ended up running his race, he, uh, yeah, it messed up my race and I ended up coming fifth, which was, yeah. which was gutting. Like I missed yeah. out on the medal by like nothing. Yeah. Um, and if I'd saved a bit of energy around the, around the bend, I could have maybe finished stronger down the home straight. But yeah, just, just, he's just, he was just amazing. He was just amazing. Someone great to learn from. Someone great to know off the track as well. He's so humble and so like, from a young age, he was always open with advice. Just take your time, be patient. Don't get caught up in the whole media. And you're from the UK, so they love to sort of give you things like, say you're going to be the next Usain Bolt before you've even done anything. Don't listen to that. Just, just focus on yourself. Take your time. Things aren't always going to be great, but if you will develop at your own rate, and for me, that's something I've always, I always loved. He's always been so sort of passionate about helping young athletes and inspiring young athletes. And it's a shame he's a Man United fan. Like it's, it's, it's a, my guy, had, my guy. <laughs> we've had some, we've had some funny discussions and like, uh, I, I saw him play, I saw him in, on soccer aid before and I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, he's got an okay left foot. Like he's, he's pretty good, but the, yeah, it's a, he's always, he's a special person to know. I'm very lucky and privileged. That I got to know him on and off the track while he was competing and, and I got to see him firsthand. I got a front row seat. I was in the lane next to him to see the, yeah, yeah. how good he was. But, but when I was racing him, I always believed I could win. I always, I always believed that. And if you don't have that mentality, then you've got no chance. You've already lost before you've even, you've even gone out there. But yeah, you saying he was a special person. And like I said, I'm, I'm so fortunate I got to sort of develop in my career and, and watch him do, do his thing. Because that's history. I got to see history. And I was oh, involved yeah. in history. Yeah, 100%. Um, no, that 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 definitely I can just imagine it, it, it was amazing and um you know again he he seems like a positive guy and I'm happy that you yeah. said you know somebody that you, know, you got to to learn from and you know you are still you still got time you, you know you're in your prime yeah. you're in your prime you know you're 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 looking to go so um to people that are listening right now in regards to the athletic scene how yeah. how's it shaping up so let's say your race so your races, how's it shaping up? Is it more kind of like equal? There's a fair chance for everybody. Who should, do you know what I mean, who in Great Britain should everybody look at, look at, should be looking at besides Adam Mealy? There's a big handful of sprinters. I think with the UK at the moment, the level has definitely stepped up in the Amazing. last sort of decade, I think. The last sort of five, ten years have really, the level of sprinters have just become where you could, you could run a 10-2, a 10-1, in 100 meters and make a British team. If you run a 10-2, 10-1, you're not making the, the British champs final. You're not right. making, like, it's, it's, the level is ridiculous. There's a handful of sprinters in the UK and we've not all raced each other yet. We've not all, there's not been a moment where we've all been healthy in, at our best, firing on the line. And I can't wait for that. We've not yeah. had, we've not had that race yet. So there's never a guarantee to make a British team. Doesn't matter, it doesn't matter who, how fast people have run the year before or even that, that year, like, there's never a guarantee. So, there's loads of athletes that, that people should be looking out for. It's so exciting. And, and that's what the problem is with athletics. There's, no, there's, never been, there's never been any sort of investment into marketing athletics and, and building these sort of head-to-heads and rivalries. And, mm-hmm. and like, like, sprint, like sprinting in the UK and Britain is probably the most exciting event sort of group we've got because there's, you don't know who's going to do it. You've got myself. You've got a guy called Zarnell Hughes. You've got a guy called Reese Prescott. You've got... Uh, Miguel Francis, Nefinil Mitchell Blake, Chichindu Ujar, Ojar Edaburan, Danny Talbot. Like you've got Richard Kilty, Harry Aiken Zariti. Like you've got, I've, I've definitely missed, missed some people, but you, you've got some like, you've got absolute animals who can all compete at a, at a world level, at the top level and challenge for medals. 
and that's just domestically so it's just like yeah there's a lot of athletes that people should look out for and that's the problem with track and field is it's not marketed and it's on once you, people might tune in and, and watch people race but there's no they've got no interest in and they don't know anyone that's there because they've never been marketed well mm-hmm. um and that's why track and field doesn't have the massive fan base and people find it quite boring uh, my friends have always said to me if, if we didn't know you and we didn't know anyone anyone that you're racing against we wouldn't watch it because it's just like boring because we don't it's not personable at all mm-hmm. so yeah track and field is so exciting as a sport you've got world champion in the 200 meters Dina Asher-Smith a world champion in the heptathlon Katarina Johnson-Thompson yes. you've got people on the cusp of medals like it, these these people uh, are, they work so hard and, and they're super inspiring and they just need people to sort of see that and, yeah, and believe in them and, and and especially the Olympics coming up next year you're going to see some some absolute great performances and some new people come into the scene that you've never even heard of before and and it's going to be brilliant. It's going to be brilliant. One not to miss. So make sure you, yeah, make sure you, you check out track no, and field at the us, Olympics. Us, us, us as a platform, we will 100%, 100% be um, definitely supporting that. Regina King for Cadillac Escalade. When people ask, Regina, do you like to compete? I say, bring it on. Those are the moments that drive you to achieve more. And when you win, you keep reaching higher. To me, that's what the Cadillac Escalade represents. It's always evolving in technology, in design, everything. Because success isn't the end. It's just the first step to what comes next. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade. Never stop arriving. Um, What I definitely wanted to say is a time where it 100% wasn't boring was 2012. So chat to me about the feeling of 2012, a home um, games. And I'm from Stratford, innit? So yeah, the pride. Bang. Did you go and watch pr- anything? The, no, because do you know what uh-huh. it is? I couldn't get tickets, innit? Like the, <laughs> the races I wanted to see, I couldn't get the tickets for those races. And to, to be fair, I should have went and just watched anything. I regret it because of the, because of the, um, the, the yeah, atmosphere. Events, yeah, yeah, everybody said the, the atmosphere. But, you know, just back then, I don't know. I was just in a different mind space. But just looking sure. back at yeah, looking back at it, it, it seemed amazing. How was it for you? Like, how, how, how was that for you? I've not had an experience in track and field. So I was 18. It was my yeah. first senior championships and it's the home Olympic Games. It doesn't right. get much bigger than that. Yeah. And it's and it's lo- like, like it's local. Like, local. And that's, that's really why I think I got very fortunate to sort of burst into the scene during a home Olympics because it sort of put my name out there a lot more than I m- it might have been done if I had come into a different Olympics, like the fact that it was a home Olympics, I was 18 years old. I was the youngest on the athletics team. I'd just come from football. So there was this whole story that people were trying to say, like, he's just come from football. He's just started track and field. Um, the, the atmosphere was just nuts. Like, I, can't, I don't even know how to describe it. Firstly, going into the village, the Olympic village was just like, I, I wasn't even prepared for what, what was about to happen. Yeah. You're in the, the biggest the biggest sort of event, sporting event in the world, arguably, maybe the World Cup, whatever, but with the biggest sports stars from every, from around the world, from every single sport. I remember walking into the, walking into the, um, walking into the dining hall and seeing Serena Williams. Madness. And I wanted to go and like, <laughs> say hi to her. And I was like, I can't, I'm just going to say hi to Serena Williams. Like the, the, the basketball team were there, like um, the US basketball team, you were seeing all the legends of the sport and you were just, you were just seeing like crazy people. And I was just like, what is happening? And because you're British as well, people were absolutely loving you. Like, I, you couldn't walk anywhere without, especially in your Olympic kit, without being recognised and people asking you for pictures. And yeah, then, then to actually race in 100 metres, which was obviously the Blue Ribbon event, Usain Bolt. I remember walking out into my heats and Asafa Powell was in my heat. So it was like, I was like, oh, I'm going to have to run pretty fast. But I, I thought, I, I knew I could qualify quite comfortably. Mm-hmm. And I walked out and then 
from the moment I walked, people saw me, they did not stop screaming my name. And I've never had that in my life before. Come on, Adam, let's go, Adam. And I was so like, it just made me smile. And I just remember just beaming, like, being like, wow, what is happening? Uh, If this is what athletics is like, I'm doing this every year. And obviously it's not because London was very different. It's a different breed. We're a different breed. Yeah, 100%. Like, you don't get fans like you do in in the UK. Like, they support, doesn't matter what event you do. Like, if you're wearing a British kit, they will still back you. And that's why so many events, so many people said it was brilliant because it didn't matter if they were in the equestrian or whatever, beach volleyball, whatever, they they supported it 100%. And yeah, obviously to race in 100 metres was very, very special in the Olympic Stadium. So, I'm very biased. Track and field, I always see as sort of the the the, the main sort of thing for the Me Olympics. Too. It Me doesn't too. feel like it doesn't Me feel too. like the Olympics is going. Obviously, cycling, swimming is great, but yeah. as soon as you see track and field, you're like, yeah, right. The Olympics yeah. has started, and, and maybe other sports will hate me for saying that, but yeah. that's just how I feel, and I'm, yeah. I'm I can have a bias because I'm in it. So yeah, um, but yeah, it was just brilliant, and just being around London that sort of period, there was such a buzz. We felt like we inspired so many people to get into the sport, and obviously, then that sort of over the years that has sort of died down, and we've seen we've seen less and less part numbers in participation, but that 2012 period was like Amazing. something I've never experienced before. Yeah. No, um, that uh, even watching it on T I watched, I literally was watching every sport and I was getting, I was so gassed off every <laughs> single sport. Like if, even Good. the cycling, the velodrome, I'm, I'm there. I'm like, yeah, I don't know what's going on, <laughs> but I'm just like, listen, you need to win. Whoever, whoever it is. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Just, just being just, around London. Like, yeah. Did you go yeah. to Westfields at the time? Yeah, like, of course. Going, yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. Mad. I can hear the stadium from my house. So yeah, do you know what really? I mean? Oh, yeah. God. Yeah. So I can just hear it. It, it was just absolutely crazy. So, um, yeah, no, it must have been amazing to be, to, to, to participate um, nuts. in. So, yeah. Absolutely nuts. Um, a very, very random question, and this is from yeah. uh, one of the people on the podcast. Um, I wanted to ask, who do you think, so out of the footballers you look at um, from world football, who do you think could make the transition into athletics? And what sport do you see <sighs> that, that that football player making the transition into? I mean, what uh, particular um, event? What event? Yeah, what event? Sorry. It's hard to say, really. I, I think a lot of footballers are very, very, like, quick. They always sort of say, you, but, like, quick, middle distance quick, 800 metres, 1,500 metres, that sort of, that sort of, sort of, uh, that sort of event group. But in terms of sprinting, I, I want to only talk about sprinting. You've got some rapid people in the Premier League. Like Triore, I think is no they say he's the quickest, right? Adama Triore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, he's, he's a master yeah. And obviously he plays against slow defenders, so he yeah. looks extra quick as well. Yeah. Um I don't know, there's always been this sort of thing about I find it quite funny that they say uh, oh there's always stats. Oh, Haaland ran ran the sixty meters quicker than Christian Coleman, who's the world oh, record holder yeah. in the sixty meters. <laughs> There's always some crazy stuff like that, which people, which I like. I find it quite funny, like because if you put them next to each other, they wouldn't even be on the same level. And I'm sure he doesn't even realize what people are writing about him. But um, I don't know. I, I think the event group. I'd probably put a lot of them in the four hundred meters, eight hundred meters category because unless you've got that initial fast twitch to be a 100 200 meter sprinter it's very hard to pick that up mm. but their fitness levels and how much they run and their endurance levels are are um yeah are, are, are sort of suited to the 800 meters maybe 1500 as well so it's a uh, it's interesting i'm trying to think of a specific footballer like the ones that just keep running rashford rashford's quick isn't he yeah i don't yeah. know how quick like his yeah. technique isn't great but i'm sure if mm. he did a lot of work on his technique he'd be a lot faster yeah someone like ruben no 
No, so he's, he's a safe he, football mate. I already told yeah, him, bro. You move slow, boy. Yeah, you moving slow. He glides. <laughs> he, 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 he glides, but he, he, glides. he messaged me and reached out about trying to get, trying to reach out and get um, athletics training and get speed training because it would help so much. Like I know Odell Beckham Jr. This is a bit off topic. Like he does a lot of work in his off season with, I can't remember Arkansas Track Club or one of the track clubs in the in the US, and that you see what how much of an effect that has. When, when he plays as well. Like, I know a lot of footballers do do that, but if more really reached out, when I, when I first came into the sport, Daniel Sturridge used to do work with our, our training group. I was like, oh, is that bloody Daniel Sturridge? Like, that's sick. sick. And he would, he would do a lot of work to sort of work on his strength and his speed and, and his technique. And you see that he's one of the fastest, he's one of the fastest Premier League strikers uh, ever. So, which is great. It's a shame about his injuries, but it's still like when he was firing, absolute beast. So, uh, if more footballers reached out and wanted to learn and, and pick up speed, I think you'd see, a, you'd see the Premier League go to a different level, an absolutely different level. But just to name a specific footballer, I think obviously people talk about Traore as the, as the fastest. So uh, I'd probably have to say him, get him in the sprints and see, see how he does. Amazing, amazing, amazing. Um, so you said you're a Liverpool fan. So naturally, yeah. well, we're, we're, we're enemies. We're, we're, we're enemies. So you're but, a United um, fan. Yeah, yeah, I'm a United <laughs> fan. Um, like one so, of my best friends is a United fan as well. Uh, so yeah. yeah. The banner's there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it looks like the Premier League season is possibly going to be coming back. Um, so for, for Liverpool, yeah, so for Liverpool fans, it's, 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 it's good news, it's good news. So, like, I just want to say, kind of gauge how you're feeling in regards to possibly, yep, I'm going to drop a bit of shade, but winning the first Premier League in your lifetime. Um, how's that kind of, how's, <laughs> <laughs> how's, that, how's, how's that going to it's, feel for you, bro? It's a bit annoying, really, because, like, we were so, we needed to win, what, three more games and we would have won it, four more games, something like yeah, that. Like, yeah. Liverpool, we've just been a class apart this season. Like, yeah. there's, no, there's no way any club can say, oh, listen, don't give it to Liverpool, because we were, like, 20, 20 points clear, 25 points clear. Yeah, something yeah, ridiculous. However, like, it is frustrating that they're going to be restarting the season like this. Obviously, I love watching football. I watch it every week. I play fantasy football. <laughs> I, I, I live and breathe it. It's, like, what I do in my spare time. Mm-hmm. However, like, it's a, it feels like it's a different season. Like, a lot of players had a lot of injury. Like, clubs had injuries. All those players are able to get back fit. Like, it's going to be completely different squads. Fitness levels are going to be all over the shop. So, I don't actually think it's going to be... It doesn't feel like it's going to be the same season for me. Mm. Like, it feels like it's, we're going to be starting afresh, which is... And you, you, a team with a, starting afresh, you might get some momentum. Look at what Leicester did that season. Like, you just once you've got that momentum, you keep going. Mm. So, I think... It, Liverpool will win the league because obviously we just need to win a couple more games. But yeah. they should have just that people are always going to be like, oh, they, oh, the season break and stuff like that. And I'm I'm just glad we had such a big a big gap because Liverpool, like I said, we were such a class apart. But it'd be interesting to see for the for those Champions League spots how how clubs come back and and actually fight for them. But yeah, like I said, you got it's basically a new season because you have got players that were injured. Look, look at Tottenham; they had their front three all injured. And now everybody's going to be Kane, back. Oh, yeah. And now Kane's back. Son's going to be well. Son, some if he comes back, like, is, is he in career? I don't know. I think I think he completed it or something like that. But oh, okay, yeah, yeah. He should yeah. be coming Son, back soon. Mora, yeah, like you've got all these guys. Like uh, I don't know. It feels like a new season to me. That's uh, actually quite interesting. Yeah, it was. It was. It was interesting to see. I was loving the Premier League. Like I was, mm. especially United, like in United well, front. I was loving seeing. Of, co- of course, like, he was loving it. Yeah, yeah. He was. He was. He was. Uh, I was like seeing him develop and stuff, and it would be interesting to see how he sort of comes in to the to the league and actually keeps dominating because he was an absolute beast in it. But Liverpool, pff, yeah, come on, man. We were just 
too good. Too, yeah. too, too good. Like, yeah. yeah, I can't lie. You guys were uh, brilliant this Cons- season. And consistent as well. Last season, yeah. we were good. We made the Champions League final. We won the Champions League the year yeah. before that. We made the Champions League final. It's not like we've been consistent. We've just been unlucky. And, and if people, I know people, and I've got friends that are such like, Mm, yeah, I'm, if this is a PG pot, they're 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 not very they're they're going to give us a lot of banter. Yeah, about Liverpool winning the league this year. Oh, it wasn't even the proper league. Yeah. But for me, I'll always, I'll always, when I have kids, I say, yeah, listen, the, league that Liverpool, the year that Liverpool won the league. At least I've seen it in my lifetime. So. Yeah, yeah. No, no, that's that's true. Um, so what in regards to you, so what who was your favourite player growing up? So the player you love, like, you know, who's uh, your Michael favorite? Owen. Michael Owen was my I he, I used to love Michael Owen. Loved Any particular him. reason? I used to just like he's just sick. He was quick. Yeah. He was just like he, he, he was just a big role model of mine and obviously what he did on the pitch was fantastic but also what he did off the pitch I remember seeing a story that he bought a whole street of houses for his family to Amazing. live in yeah. and it was just like he looked after his family and that was for me was something that was great yeah. uh, Stephen Gerrard is my favourite all-time player because he's just a, he's just a beast like if I was to ever meet Steven Gerrard now, I don't even know what I'd say. I'd lose my head. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah. I got a signed program from him once. Yeah. Like a friend of mine got, got him to sign a program for, um, for me. And I just, yeah, it's just amazing. I, I don't get starstruck by, by really anyone. But if I was to meet Steven Gerrard, I think I'd get pretty starstruck. And then obviously internationally, I think Ronaldinho or Zidane. Oh, <laughs> yeah. just, 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 just love watching it. Yeah, like, oh, yeah. just a different level, isn't it? Like you don't yeah. really get that nowadays. You get you got great people, but you just don't get that sort of class on a football pitch. And it's just, oh, I can go back and watch those old videos and just, just smile. You just sit there for a 10, 15 minute video and you're just smiling the whole time. Like it's, it's just brilliant. What about you? What about, what about you? Who's your, who are your sort of heroes? Uh, um, for me, um, no, you know what? Oh, no, I'm not, I'm not, tra- I'm not traditional like that. You know, I do love them. I respect them and, and whatnot, but my favorite ever player is Wayne Rooney. Just because oh, I, I wanted yeah. to, I wanted to play like him. Like I, he was like my ideal favorite player. And early Rooney, the aggressive one, I just loved the way he played. Like I just, yeah. Like for me, it's just um, a, a different level. We begin today's meditation with a few sipping exercises to remind us a little treat can go a long way. So pick up your McCafe iced coffees, close your eyes, and deep sip in. And deep satisfaction out. <sighs> Take a treat retreat at McDonald's. Right now, get a McCafe iced coffee in any size and any flavor for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price of participation may vary. Um, you know what? I actually, I, I, this is a bit of a, a, bit of a name. I actually, yeah. I, met Ray, I met Wayne Rooney at, uh, at the uh, at boxing fight um, at the uh, Frotch Groves Bros. boxing fight. And, Amazing. And I have never, I've, Obviously, you, you think Wayne Rooney, you've grown up watching this guy score for England. And he yeah. was the most down-to-earth. I couldn't believe what I was... He was sitting with myself and my dad and just having conversation. My dad... I took, I took my dad to watch the game and we were in the... We went to Wembley and watched it. Uh, yeah. With Nike... Frank Nike took us to watch it and the whole England team was in there. And Wayne Rooney, you're like... You're scared to even go and say hello. He sat yeah. down. Oh, how you doing, guys? How's it going? And just... Wow, what a guy, man. I've got so much respect for him because obviously what he goes through as well on and off the pitch is pretty brutal. But... Like he's a, yeah, what a what a nice person. So yeah, I'm glad you said that because he was genuinely one of the nicest people I've ever met on the first time. Because people aren't always like that. Yeah, no, nah, it's true. Especially it's footballers. True. Yeah. So there's so he was. I'm so glad he did. So 
Yeah, no, that's even translated to kind of like like he's pre-retirement. I know he's still playing, but like you see the columns he 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 writes and stuff like that. He's he's very outspoken, but he's speaking for the right things, uh, yeah. which I find really really interesting. So yeah, no, um, I, I, you know I'm glad you said that Wayne Rooney. Um, you know, are you a Messi? Are player. you Messi or Ronaldo? You know what? I used to lie. I used to lie and say Ronaldo. In my heart, I knew it was Messi, but Messi, I used to lie. Yeah. I used to lie. I used to lie, and I used to say Ronaldo. But these days, I'm I'm, I'm trying to be um, you know, both beasts, though. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, both beasts, especially from you know, just sick. But from an athletic standpoint, you must look at Ronaldo and say, yeah, you're doing your Get thing, like unit. yeah, you're you're your unit, you're doing your thing. But uh, yeah, obviously, anybody who watches football, simple eye test, yeah, you know, um. Messi's Messi's definitely the guy. So you see what other footballers say about him as well, right? Just yeah, yeah, that. exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Everybody, you know, literally ninety nine percent of footballers uh, say Messi's the best player ever. So you know, just kind of kind of listen to that. Um, just quickly staying on Liverpool. So oh, yeah, sorry. Okay, I, no, 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 no. That's fine. That's fine. I was just going <laughs> to ask another another question. But obviously, this season Liverpool definitely winning. What would your hopes be for next season? Because for my my thing is, I'm looking at Liverpool. I, I, you know, they've won the league and whatnot, and people are saying it's the best team ever. For me, I'm saying that Liverpool have to be consistent in regards to winning the league. So maybe go win it yeah. again and then oh, yeah. maybe a double or whatever. So what do you see happening for next season? And, and 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 what's your opinion in regards to this Liverpool team being the best Premier League team ever? It's hard to say we're the best Premier League t- team ever. We're definitely up there. But best Premier League team ever is, like I said, you do need that consistency. You look at like, obviously grew up at, grow, growing up at Chelsea, watching that, that sort of, team when they had JT, Lampard, Balak, Essien, like you had these like Drogba, like that team was so good and so consistent and so unstoppable for for years and years. And you go back and you look at Man United, the old school sort of Man United team, and they were just like, yeah, unbelievable as well. So Liverpool, I think they were definitely up there, but we do need to be, do it again. And I think we've done that already and we're on the road to doing that. But yeah, if we can come back next season and dominate the way we've done this year, then I think there's going to be no question that anyone can say this is not one of the best Premier League teams of all time because the front three is just disgusting. The, the, our defence is disgusting on midfield. Henderson, what he's done this season as well, like the leader he's become, it's just no one would have ever thought that. And look at him now. He's like, you, you, you don't have him in the team. Something's missing. Yeah. Well, now them, like, you've, yeah, what, it's just, what, do you, what do you think about Henderson's running technique, though? Because I know you mentioned Rashford. Not great. Not no, great. Yeah, yeah right, cool. I just wanted to get out of the way. I, I, respect, I, I, I know, I understand it, though, because it's yeah, trying it's to different. get to be as quick as possible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but if they different. did actually work on it, oh, the, the improvements that these guys would see would be nuts. But I wish, I know they don't really have that t- much time to work on it. And when they're off-season, they don't really want to go and do some off-season stuff. But, man, if these clubs just invested in, in, in getting someone in to teach these guys a bit of technique and a a bit of how to sprint properly honestly that the, the difference would be crazy it's and it's not a quick fix it takes a long it takes a long time to fix yeah. and you might not see improvement straight away but as soon as i got technique i was always pretty quick but as soon as i learned how to run and the mechanics of running and using the right muscles to run i just i just dropped like different different level of times so it was like yeah i wish they would but henderson yeah not the best technique yeah, okay. running, but he he's a workhorse, boy. You tell me, yeah, yeah. you show me a minute. He doesn't stop running, and that's yeah. what you want, especially from your captain. You want someone who's just going to keep working, keep gearing up the team, and uh, yeah, it's and uh, some more consistency next year would be great. Yeah. And then 
then I think there's there's no question in 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 anyone's mind that this this Liverpool team is one of the best. Yeah, there's one thing you said, yeah, in regards to technique. There's one thing that interested me in regards to sprinting, yeah, is that yeah. when you go and train, you do a lot of hurdle work. Yeah? Mm-hmm. That's quite interesting. Like, can you just tell me the reason behind that? Because back in the days, I was too young to understand it. I was like, what is this? I don't want to do this. Doing all this <laughs> hurdle stuff, the core stuff or whatever. And I, I think the guy that used to train me, his name was Tony Jarrett, if I remember. Hey, Tony Jarrett. I know yeah, Tony. Yeah, yeah, yeah that yeah, was yeah, back in the days. Don't know if you remember, yeah. but yeah, that was him anyway. But um, yeah, I remember you used to do the hurdles and whatever. What is that yeah, for he, anyway? So he was a hurdler, he was a hurdler anyway. Yeah, but yeah. like um, hurdles, there's, well, you, you obviously sprinting, you want to work on sort of technique, power, uh, and uh, sort of force through the floor. So the force mm. you're applying through the floor. Mm. Um, so then these are, well, you do hurdles for a lot of plyometric stuff and a lot of technical stuff. So hurdle walkovers, it, it helps you engage certain muscles that you would never really be engaging, your glutes, your hips, um, help open up your hip flexors and really help get a bounce off the floor. So when you're like, doing like hurdles sort of skips over over hurdles you really help fill that sort of technique and that rhythm athletics is all rhythm that's yeah. all it is yeah. and these hurdles help help with that if you've got good rhythm like i guarantee if i was to take the normal per, normal everyday person off the street and try and get them to do an athletics a skip like any sort of drill they wouldn't be able to do it they wouldn't even have any skip, sort of yeah. tech yeah any mm. sort of technique they, they wouldn't be able to coordinate their arms and their legs and they bring their dorsiflex their feet and then hit the floor properly and then bring their thigh straight back up. And the hurdles are a, a quite a simple and easy way to sort of work on that without sort of just doing drill after drill after drill. So, yeah, you do a lot of drills and a lot of hurdles, sort of walkovers and, and skips and stuff, and a lot of hurdle work to sort of work on that um, sort of range and technique and rhythm. Amazing. Yeah, no, I just I, I was just uh, curious about that question. Not, not sure anybody that's listening would be curious, but yeah, I definitely was curious. Um, but just before we finish up, I want to ask another question. Mm-hmm. Um, your hopes. So your hopes for, you know, the next up- upcoming season. What would be yeah. a good season for Adam Jamili? Run consistently uh, over the 100 and the 200 metres, sub 10, sub 20. Uh, get myself in the medals at the Olympic Games. Mm. Get myself, I know the Olympics is next season. This year, yeah. there's, there's obviously not too yeah, much of a season. But next, yeah. I'm talking about next season. Yeah, yeah, yeah like of course. Medals, medal at the Olympics. I think I'm, I'm at an age now where if I'm not meddling, I'm sort of failing. And I, I don't commit all my time to this sport. I've, I've moved to Florida to try and make myself better. Relationships have sort of faltered and, mm. and I don't see my family and my friends very often. So it's like, I'm doing all of that to what? Make a final? Make a fill a lane? Make make an American or a Jamaican look good? No way! Like mm-hmm. uh, if I if I'm not meddling, then what is the point? And I mm-hmm. truly believe I can do that. And there is a handful of people in the UK that believe that as well. And and if you don't, then I don't really know why you commit all this time because the things we put our bodies through is just it's not worth just making a semi final. Put it on Instagram. Look at everyone I made the semi final at the Olympics. Mm-hmm. Get your likes and whatever. Like that doesn't interest me at all. If I'm not meddling, then I've got no interest of, of in. I need to be the best. So I'm trying to be the best, win every single race I can, and stay healthy. That's the most important thing. Stay healthy. Don't yeah. have any stupid little injuries. So yeah, they're they're sort of my goals and my aims. Amazing. Sorry, quickly another question yeah. because um, I think this is really really important. Mm-hmm. Apart, you mentioned earlier on regarding marketing, uh, but what can yeah. we do to bring athletics in the forefront of sport? or get similar level to where football is currently? You need to get the investment into athletics. You need to get sponsors to come in and actually want to promote the sport, uh, really push the sport and really push individuals. You get that a little bit, um, but not enough. 
and like I said athletics especially people only really notice it once every year when the championships are on and not, maybe not even then maybe once every four years when the Olympics are on so you need to sort of build these stories and build profiles of people and uh, and you need sponsorships and, and you need marketing people to come in and really push it push it out to the British like especially in Britain people love getting behind sport like you push it out to British the British public you build stories you, you build profiles of people you get people let, let let people sort of show their personality. You don't just see them on the track for ten seconds. You show you see a bit more of their like what they're like off the track, and you get more fans into the sport, and you inspire younger people who actually think, do you know what, I may I'm, I maybe want to do athletics because when I was younger, I didn't want to do athletics. Mm-hmm. I used to think it was so boring, waiting around all day to run ten seconds. I wanted to be a footballer. You hear about how much money they make, and and they're playing football every week, and they've got thousands of people cheering for them, and. And athletics, like you don't get that in athletics. And and if you can sort of market it a bit better, then you might get a lot more young people interested in doing it. So, yeah, no, definitely. Um, yeah, man. So hopefully, touchline. We're definitely gonna be. We're gonna be. You know, trying to promote um, athletics from now on. Well, absolutely. No. Yeah. I appreciate that. That'd be that'd be fantastic. And and like, it's it's great that you guys have. have I know you guys are football podcast, but yeah. you've actually opened it up to other sport and, and let me come on and. And and have a little talk about athletics. So if, if hopefully if one person joins, thinks, oh, do you know what? Let me try it. Let me go down to my local track, give it a try. There's something for everyone. Honestly, there's there's an event for everyone. Whether you run, you jump, you throw, you like. There's always there's an event for for every that can suit everyone. So just find what you love and and hopefully yeah, we can inspire at least one person to to start taking it up. One hundred percent. And I'm I'm currently uh, listening on audiobook to Shoe Dog. Uh, oh, you know, sick! Yeah, yeah so nice yeah, yeah, yeah. Currently, cur- currently listening to that. So you know, definitely listen to that and you know, be inspired. Listen to the podcast and you know, um, yeah, man. Hopefully, one person is inspired to to to, to join Athletics and yeah, we'll, we'll see them in maybe four or eight years. <laughs> Definitely, so, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, man, thank you. I appreciate <laughs> no, my pleasure. Uh, for, for coming on. Um, uh, yeah, man, we'll definitely catch up. But yeah, uh, people, make sure you use the hashtag Touchdown Fracas. Thank you. Support for this episode has been provided by Ratio Keto-Friendly Dairy Snacks. If counting macros makes your head spin, count instead on a snack by Ratio. They've done the math for you, so you can spend less time studying the label and more time enjoying your day. Creamy and delicious, try strawberry and vanilla for two grams of carbs and a unique combination of sugar and protein. Interested? Ratio Keto-Friendly Dairy Snacks are now available in the yogurt aisle at Walmart. Always consult your physician before starting an eating plan that involves regular consumption of high-fat foods. Sports Social Podcast Network.